Hello and welcome to All Things Plantagenet. My name is Donnie Hazel and I am your host. To all my original listeners, welcome back. To all my new listeners, welcome. If you enjoy the podcast and wish to support this show, you can help support it by clicking on the support link in the description of any episode. I have also created a website, www.allthingsplantagenet.com where you can find additional information and resources, as well as the episodes for this podcast. There is also a link on the website to the Facebook page for All Things Plantagenet. Okay, so now on to the show. The heavens themselves, the planets and this earth, observe degree, priority and place office and custom in all line of order. Take but degree away, untune that string, and hark what discord follows. Henry V, too famous to live long. England ne'er lost a king of so much worth. England ne'er had a king until his time. His sparkling eyes, replete with wrathful fire, more dazzled and drove back his enemies than midday sun, fierce bent against their faces. Henry V, thy ghost I invocate. Prosper this realm, keep it from civil broils. Combat with adverse planets in the heavens. A far more glorious star thy soul will make than Julius Caesar or bright... My honorable lords, sad tidings bring I to you out of France. Of loss, of slaughter and discomfiture. Paris, Gisors, Poitiers are all quite lost. What sayest thou, man, before dead Henry's cause? Speak softly. The loss of those great towns will make him burst his lead and rise from death. Is Paris lost? Is Gisors yielded up? 
If Henry were recalled to life again, these news would cause him once more yield the ghost. How were they lost? What treachery was used? No treachery, but want of men and money. Alden's coat, one half, is cut away. Were our tears wanting to this funeral, these tidings would call forth their flowing tides. Give me my steeled coat. I'll fight for France. Wounds will I lend the French instead of eyes to weep their intermissive miseries. Or whither shall we fly from this reproach? We will not fly, but to our enemies' throats. Exeter, if thou be slack, I'll fight it out. Lost of my doubts, thou of my forwardness. An army have I mustered in my thoughts, wherewith already France is overrun. My gracious lord. To add to your laments, wherewith you now bedew King Henry's hearse, I must inform you of the fight for Orléans. Betwixt the stout lords Talbot and Salisbury, and the French. <laughs> the camp by night was overrun. Talbot slain. No. Talbot lives, but forced to flee Orléans. Farewell, my masters. Bonfires in France, forthwith I am to make to warm our great St. George's feast. I'll either quell the Dauphin utterly, or bring him in obedience to our yoke. Out of the tower with all the haste I can, and there I will proclaim young Henry king. What is lost? 
good uncle. For my father's sake, in honor of a true Plantagenet, and for Alliance's sake, declare the cause. Henry IV, grandfather to the young king, deposed his true king, Richard. I should have been the rightful next by birth when my friends opposed this usurpment and works to instate me the rightful heir. I lost my liberty and they their lives. Are you the rightful king? And I thy heir? Silence, nephew, be thou politic. Strong fixed as the house of Lancaster. And, and like a mountain, not to be removed. And so, farewell, and fair be all thy hopes, and prosperous be thy life, in peace and war. Now, for all those wrongs, those bitter injuries, which too long fate hath offered to my house, I silently swear with honor to redress. My great uncle was Edmund Mortimer, who married Philippa, sole daughter unto Lionel, Duke of Clarence. Therefore, so if the issue of the elder son succeed the younger, I am king. The truth appears so naked on my side that any purblind eye could seek it out. Since you are tongue-tied and so loath to speak, let him that is a true-born gentleman, he suppose that I have pleaded truth from off this briar pluck. A white rose with me. Let him that is no coward, no, no flatterer, pluck a red rose from off this thorn with me. I love no colours, and without all colour of base insinuating flattery, I pluck this white rose with my lord. I pluck this red rose with brave Somerset, and say with all I think he held the right. Stay, lords and gentlemen, and pluck no more, till you conclude that he upon whose side the fewest roses are cropped from the tree shall yield the other in the right opinion. Good Lord of Warwick, it is well objected. If I have fewest, I subscribe in silence. And I. Then, for the truth and plainness of the case, I pluck this pale and maiden blossom here, giving my verdict on the white rose sign. Well, well. 
Come on, who else? Now, Somerset, where is your argument? Here, in my scabbard, meditating that shall dye your white rose in a bloody red. Meantime, your cheeks to counterfeit our roses, for pale they look with fear. Not for fear, but anger, that yet thy tongue will not confess thy error. Proud fool, be gone. I scorn both him and thee. Turn not thy scorns this way, Plantagenet. I'll turn my dagger here into thy throat. Let us away, good Suffolk. We grace this yeoman by conversing with him. Now by God's will! Thou wrongst him, Somerset. Was not thy father for treason executed? His trespass yet lives guilty in thy blood. Until thou be restored, thou art a yeoman. My father was no traitor. And that I'll prove on better men than Somerset. And scourge you for this apprehension. Look to it well. Say you were well warned. Thou shalt find us ready for thee still, and know us by these colours for thy foes. For these, my friends, in spite of thee, shall wear. And by my soul, this pale and angry rose, a symbol white of my blood-drinking hate, shall I forever and my faction wear. Go forward. I'd be choked with thy ambition. lines with written pamphlets studiously devised Humphrey of Gloucester if thou canst accuse do it without invention suddenly as I with sudden and extemporal speech purpose to answer what thou canst object your majesty presumptuous priest this place commands my patience or thou shouldst find thou hast dishonored me thou art a most pernicious usurer Forward by nature, enemy to peace, lascivious, wanton, more than well beseems a man of thy profession and degree. Beside, I fear me, if thy thoughts were sifted, the king, thy sovereign, is not quite exempt from envious malice of thy swelling heart. Gloucester, I do defy thee. If I were covetous, ambitious, or perverse, as he would have me, how am I so poor? <laughs> it is not that that hath incensed the Duke. It is because no one should sway but he. No one but he should be about the king. And that engenders thunder in his breast and makes him roar these accusations forth. Am I not protector, saucy priest? Unreverend Gloucester. Thou art reverend, touching thy spiritual function, not thy life. Rome shall remedy this. Rome thither, then. <laughs> Uncles of Gloucester and of Winchester, I would prevail, if prayers might prevail, to join your hearts in love and amity. 
Oh, what a scandal is it to our crown that two such noble peers as ye should jar. Believe me, lords, my tender years can tell civil dissension is a viperous worm that gnaws the bowels of the commonwealth. Oh, how this discord doth afflict my soul. Can you, my lord of Winchester, behold my sighs and tears and will not once relent? Who should study to prefer a peace if holy churchmen take delight in broils? Yield, my lord protector. Yield, Winchester. You shall submit or I will never yield. Compassion on the king commands me stoop. Behold, my lord of Winchester, the duke hath banished moody, discontented fury. Why look you still so stern and tragical? Here, Winchester, I offer thee my hand. Fie! Holy uncle, I have heard you preach that malice is a great and grievous sin. And will not you maintain the thing you teach? Well, Duke of Gloucester, I will yield to thee. Oh, loving uncle, kind Duke of Gloucester, how joyful am I made by this contract. Accept this appeal, gracious sovereign, and hear the right of Richard Plantagenet. Well urged, my lord of Warwick. For, sweet prince, you have great reason to do Richard right. My loving lords, our pleasure is that Richard be restored to his blood. Thy humble servant vows obedience and humble service to the point of death. Stoop then and set thy knee against my foot. And in return of that duty done, I gird thee with the valiant sword of York. Rise, Richard. Like a true Plantagenet. And rise, created princely Duke of York. And so thrive, Richard. And so perish they that grudge one thought against your majesty. Welcome, High Prince, mighty Duke of York! Parish base prince, ignoble Duke of York. Now will it best avail your majesty to cross the seas and to be crowned in France. The presence of a king engenders love amongst his subjects and his loyal friends as it disanimates his enemies. When Gloucester says the word, King Henry goes. <laughs> For... Friendly counsel cuts off many foes. Your ships already are in readiness.
God save King Henry of England and of France, of that name the sixth. God save the king. My gracious sovereign, as we rode from Calais in haste unto your coronation, a letter was delivered to my hands, writ to your grace from the Dauphin of France. My Lord Protector, view the letter. To the King, hath he forgot he is his sovereign? I have, upon a special cause, moved with compassion of my country's rack, led by one Joan La Pucelle, taken back the town of Rouen, lost, thrown out your lordship's occupying there, and am hailed by my people Charles, the rightful King of France. Oh, monstrous treachery! Doth France revolt? It doth, my lord, and is become your foe. Now then, Lord Talbot, you must return to Charles and give him chastisement for this abuse. How say you, my lord? Are you content? Content, my liege. I should have begged I might have been employed. Then gather strength from these assembled here. Somerset, you have scores of horsemen, have you not? I have, my lord. Will you help good Talbot curb the French? I swear I shall supply him what he needs. Now, with full power, march unto Charles Strait. Let him perceive how ill we brook his treason and what offence it is to flout a friend. I go, my lord. In heart desiring still, you may behold confusion of your foes. Lord Somerset and York, I pray, come hither. I see no reason, if I wear this rose, that anyone should therefore be suspicious I'm more inclined to Somerset than York. Both are my kinsmen, and I love them both. As we hither came in peace, so let us still continue peace and love. Cousin of York. We institute your grace to be our regent in these parts of France. And good my lord of Somerset, Unite your troops of horsemen with his bands of foot, and like true subjects, both follow Talbot and our valiant Uncle Exeter back to Rouen and to this traitor Charles. Go cheerfully together and digest your angry collar on your enemies. the badge of Somerset. Shouts but his fancy, blame him not. I dare presume, sweet prince. He sought no harm. Ha! <laughs> but let it rest. Other affairs must now be managed. 
Well does Richard of York suppress his voice. For had the passions of his heart burst out, I fear we should have seen deciphered there more rancorous spite, more furious raging broils than yet can be imagined or supposed. It is much when scepters are in children's hands, but more than envy breeds unkind division. There comes the rain. There begins confusion. country. Look on fertile France and see the cities and the towns defaced by wasting ruin of the cruel foe. We little heard of England's timorous deer, mazed with a yelping kennel of French curs. <laughs> if we be English, dear, be that in blood. Not rascal-like to fall down with a pinch, but rather moody, mad, desperate stags. Good men, I am by birth a shepherd's daughter. My wit untrained in any kind of art. Turn on the bloody hounds with heads of steel. And make the cowards stand aloof at bay. Whilst I prayed unto the Holy Lamb, God's mother deigned to appear to me. And in a vision full of majesty, willed me to leave my base vocation and free my country from calamity! God and St. George, Talbot and England's right, prosper our colours in this dangerous fight! <laughs> Somerset.
And now, Sir William, whither were you sent? Whither, Somerset? From bought and sold Lord Talbot, who, ringed about with bold adversity, cries out for noble Somerset's promised horse. Say, will you send your troops? It's too late. I cannot send them now. This expedition was by York and Talbot, too rashly plotted. The overdaring Talbot has sullied all his gloss of former glory by this unheedful, desperate, wild adventure. York set him on, York should provide him aid. And York, as fast upon your grace, exclaims, swearing that you withhold your promised aid. York lies. He might have sent another horse. I owe him little duty and less love. The fraud of England, not the force of France, hath now entrapped the noble-minded Talbot. He dies, betrayed to fortune by your strife. And on his son, young John, of whom two hours since news did arrive that he is speeding to his warlike father. Come, go. I will dispatch the horsemen straight. Within six hours, they will be at his aid. Too late comes rescue. Is Taenor slain? If he be dead. <laughs> Brave Talbot then, adieu. His fame lives in the world. His shame in you. Swiftest horse, and I'll direct thee how thou shalt escape by sudden flight. Come, Daddy, not be gone. Is my name Talbot, and am I your son? And shall I fly? If you love my mother, dishonor not her name to make a bastard and a slave of me. You fly to avenge my death if I be slain. He that flies so will ne'er return again. If we both stay, we both are sure to die. Then let me stay. And father, do you fly? Here on my knee, I beg mortality rather than life preserved with infamy. Upon my blessing, I command thee, go! To fight I will, but not to fly the foe. Stay, go, do what you will, the like do I. For live, I will not if my father die. Come, side by side. Together live and die. And so the soul from France to heaven fly. Talbot, 
Where is Valley and John? Where is my other life? fury and great rage of heart suddenly made thou from my side to start into the clustering battle of the French and there in that sea of blood my boy did drench his overmounting spirit and there died my Icarus my blossom, in his pride, had York and Somerset brought rescue in, we should have found a bloody day of this. Hew them to pieces, hack their bones asunder. His life was England's glory, Gallia's wonder. Oh no, forbear. For that which we have fled during the life, let us not wrong it, dead. Where is the Dauphin? The day is ours, base wretches. Thy forces are overwhelmed by God and France. Who art thou, devil? Where's the great Alcides of the field? Valiant Lord Tolbert, Earl of Shrewsbury. Oh, were mine eyeballs into bullets turned that I in rage might shoot them in your faces. Go. Take their bodies hence. We will bear them hence. shall be reared. A phoenix! A 
but with reverent hands I kiss these fingers for eternal peace and lay them gently at thy tender side who art thou say that I may honor thee Margaret my name daughter to a duke, the Duke of Anjou, whosoever art. I know who I am, and Somerset I'm called. Say Somerset, if thy name be so. What ransom must I pay before I pass, for I perceive I am thy prisoner? Ransom must I pay? Gentle princess, would you not suppose your bondage happy to be made a queen? 
To be a queen in bondage is more vile than is a slave in base civility. For princes should be free. And so shall you. If happy England's royal king be free. Why? What concerns his freedom unto me? I'll undertake to make thee Henry's queen. To put a precious crown upon thy head if thou wilt condescend to be my... What? His love. I am unworthy to be Henry's wife. No, gentle madam, I unworthy am to woo so fair a dame. To be his wife. I say, madam, are you so content? And if my father please, I am content. Then, madam, at your father's castle walls we'll crave a parley to confer with him. Where are the witch? Anjou. See thy daughter prisoner. What remedy? I am a soldier and am apt to weep or to exclaim on fortune's fickleness. There is remedy enough, my lord. Consent, and for thy honor, give consent. Thy daughter shall be wedded to my king. Her I with pain have wooed and won thereto, and this her easy held imprisonment hath gained thy daughter princely liberty. Speaks he as he thinks. Fair Margaret knows the Earl of Somerset doth not flatter nor feign. Welcome, brave Earl, into our territories. Command to Anjou what your honor pleases. Thanks, Anjou. Happy for so sweet a child. For to be made companion to a king, what answer makes your grace unto my suit? Since thou dost deign to woo her little worth to be the princely bride of such a lord, upon condition I may quietly enjoy mine own, the country Maine and Anjou, my daughter shall be Henry's if he please. That is her ransom. I deliver her, and those two counties I will undertake your grace shall well and quietly enjoy. And I again, in Henry's royal name, 
Give thee her hand for sign of plighted faith. Monsieur of France, I give thee kingly thanks, for this is in traffic of a king. I'll over then to England with this news and make this marriage to be solemnized. So farewell, Anjou. I'll set this diamond safe in golden palaces as it becomes. I do embrace thee as I would embrace the Christian Prince King Henry, were he here. and prayers shall Somerset ever have of Margaret. Farewell, sweet madam. But hark ye, Margaret, no princely commendations to my king. Such commendations as becomes a maid, a virgin, and his servant say to him. And this withal. Myself. I will not so presume to send such peevish tokens to a king. with your lusts, stained by the guiltless blood of innocence. You judge it straight a thing impossible to compass wonders but by help of devils. Joan of Arc has been chaste and immaculate in very thought, whose maiden blood thus rigorously abused will cry for vengeance at the gates of heaven. Christ barrels of pitch upon the fatal stake that so her torture may be shortened. Dispatch her straight! Do nothing turn your unrelenting hearts! Use no entreaty, for it is in vain. I never glorious sun reflects his beams upon the country where you make about. The darkness and the gloomy shade of death environ you. Bear drive you to break your necks or hang yourselves. Break them in pieces and 
consumed to ashes! Thou foul accursed minister of hell! <laughs> description, noble Earl, of beauteous Margaret hath astonished me. Her virtues, graced with external gifts, do breed love settled passions in my heart. And like as rigor of tempestuous gusts provokes the mightiest hulk against the tide, so am I driven, by breath of her renown, either to suffer shipwreck or arrive where I may have fruition of her love. Tush, my good lord, this superficial tale is but a preface for worthy praise. The chief perfections of that lovely dame, had I sufficient skill to utter them, would make a volume of enticing lines. And, which is more, she is not so divine, but with this humble lowliness of mind, she is content to be at your command. Love and honor Henry as her lord. And otherwise will Henry ne'er presume. Therefore, my lord protector, Give consent that Margaret of Anjou be England's queen. So should I give consent to flatter sin. You know, my lord, your highness is betrothed unto another lady of esteem, the daughter of the Earl of Armagnac. How shall we then dispense with that contract and not deface your honour with reproach? as doth a ruler with unlawful oaths. A poor earl's daughter is unequal odds and therefore may be broke without offence. Why, what, I pray, is Margaret more than that? Her father is no better than an earl. Her father is of authority so great as his alliance will confirm our peace and keep the Frenchman in allegiance. And so the Earl of Armagnac may do. Beside, his wealth does warrant a liberal dower, where Anjou sooner will receive than give. A dower, my lord? Disgrace not so your king that he should be so abject, base, and poor to choose for wealth and not for perfect love. Henry is able to enrich his queen, not seek a queen to make him rich. So worthless peasants bargain for their wives as market men for oxen, sheep, or horse. <laughs> Marriage is a matter of more worth. Who should we match with Henry being a king but Margaret? Her valiant courage and undaunted spirit will answer our hope in issue of a king. For Henry, son unto a conqueror, is likely to beget more conquerors. If with a lady of so high resolve as his fair Margaret, he be linked in love. Take shipping. Post, my lord, to France. Agree to any covenants 
and procure that Lady Margaret do vouchsafe to come to cross the seas to England and be crowned King Henry's faithful and anointed queen. And you, good uncle, banish all offence. If you do censure me by what you were, not what you are, I know it will excuse this sudden execution of my will. You're By your high imperial majesty, I had in charge at my depart for France to secure Princess Margaret for your grace. I have performed my task, and humbly now upon my knee in sight of England and her lordly peers deliver up the happiest gift that ever Marquis gave, the fairest queen that ever king received. Welcome, Queen Margaret. I can express no kinder sign of love than this kind kiss. Oh, Lord, that lend me life. Lend me a heart replete with thankfulness, for thou hast given me in this beauteous face a world of earthly blessings to my soul. If sympathy of love unite our thoughts. Great King of England and my gracious Lord, the mutual conference my mind hath made by day, by night, waking and in my dreams with you, my sovereign, makes me the bolder to salute my king. Lords, with one cheerful voice, 
Welcome, my love. We thank you all. <laughs> My Lord Protector, so it please your grace, here are details of the contracted peace between our sovereign and the French King Charles. It is agreed between the French King Charles and William, Duke of Somerset, ambassador for Henry, King of England, that the said Henry shall espouse the Lady Margaret and crown her Queen of England. That the Duchy of Anjou, the cities of Rouen and of Paris, and the County of Maine shall be released and delivered to the French King. Uncle? How now? Pardon me, gracious Lord, a sudden qualm hath struck me at the heart and dimmed mine eyes that I can read no further. Uncle of Winchester, I pray read on. And she be sent over at the King of England's own cost without having any dowry. They please us well. Thanks, Uncle Winchester. Come. Let us in. Brave peers of England, pillars of the state, to you, Duke Humphrey, must unload his grief. What? Did my brother Henry spend his youth, his valor, coin, and people in the wars? Did he so often lodge in open field, in winter's cold and summer's parching heat, to conquer France, his true inheritance? And did the noble Salisbury and Talbot give up their lives to keep what Henry got. Have you yourselves received deep scars in France and Normandy? And shall these labors and these honors die? Oh, peers of England, shameful is this league, fatal this marriage, canceling your fame, defacing monuments in conquered France, undoing all as if all had never been. Gloucester, what means this passionate discourse? For France, tis ours, and we will keep it still. Aye, we will keep it if we can, but now it is impossible we should. Somerset hath given Anjou and Maine unto the Dauphin, who now we must call king. Anjou and Maine, I fought to win them both. And are the cities that I got with wounds, delivered up again with peaceful words? France should have torn and rent my very heart before I would have yielded to this league. I never read but England's kings have had great sums of gold and dowries with their wives. And our King Henry gives away his own? 
The match with her brings no advantages? She should have stayed in France and starved in France! My Lord of Gloucester, now you grow too hot. My Lord of Winchester, I know your mind. Tis not my speeches that you do mislike, but tis my presence that doth trouble ye. Lordings, farewell. And say when I am gone, I prophesied France will be lost ere long! So, there goes our protector in a rage. Tis known to you he is mine enemy. Nay more, an enemy unto us all. And no great friend, I fear me, to the king. Consider, sir, he is the next of blood and heir apparent to the English crown. I fear me that for all his flattering gloss, he will be found a dangerous protector. Why should he then protect our sovereign? He being of age to govern of himself. My Lord of Winchester, join you with me, and together with the Duke of Somerset, we'll quickly hoist Duke Humphrey from his seat. The day will come when York shall claim his own, and when I spy advantage, claim the crown. Nor shall proud Lancaster usurp my rights, nor wear the diadem upon his head, whose church-like humours fits not for a king. Then York will be still a while, till time do serve. Watch thou and wake, when others be asleep, to pry into the secrets of the state, till Henry surfeiting in joys of love, <laughs> and Humphrey with the peers be fallen at jars. Then will I raise aloft the milk-white rose, and force perforce I'll make him yield the crown, whose bookish rule hath pulled fair England down.
troublous dream this night has made me sad. What dreams, my lord? Tell me. Do I requite it with sweet rehearsal of my morning's dream? Methought this staff, mine office badge in court, was broke in twain, by whom I have forgot. But as I think, it was by the cardinal, and on the pieces of the broken wand were placed the heads of Somerset and Suffolk. This was my dream. What it doth bode, God knows. This is nothing but an argument. That he that breaks a stick of Gloucester's grove shall lose his head for his presumption. But listen to me. My Humphrey. My sweet duke. Methought I sat in seat of majesty in the Cathedral Church of Westminster. And in that chair where kings and queens are crowned. Outright, art thou not a second woman in the realm, and the protector's wife, beloved of him? And wilt thou still be hammering treachery? To tumble down thy husband and thyself from top of honor to disgrace his feet? Away from me! Let me hear no more! What? What are you so choleric with Eleanor for telling but a dream? Next time I'll keep my dreams unto myself and not reject. My lord protector. Tis his highness pleasure you do prepare to join the assembly that lately gathers at Westminster. I go. Now, thou wilt come with us? Yes, my good lord, I'll follow presently.
Will King Henry be a pupil still? Under the surly Gloucester's governance? Am I a queen in title and in style and must be made a subject to a duke? I tell thee, sir, when we first met, I thought King Henry had resembled thee in courage, courtship and proportion. But all his mind is meant to holiness, to number Ave Maris on his beads. I would the College of the Cardinals would choose him Pope and carry him to Rome. That were a state fit for his holiness. Madam, be patient. As I was cause your highness came to England, so will I in England work your graces full content. Beside the law protector, have we Winchester, the imperious churchman, Suffolk, Exeter, and grumbling York. And not the least of these but can do more in England than the king. Not all these lords do vex me half so much as that proud dame, the Lord Protector's wife. She sweeps it through the court with troops of ladies. More like an empress than Duke Humphrey's wife. Strangers in court do take her for the queen. She bears the Duke's revenues on her back, and in her heart she scorns our poverty. Shall I not live to be avenged on her? vaunted amongst her minions to the day. The very train of her worst-wearing gown was better worth than all my father's lands. Till Somerset gave two dukedoms for his daughter. Madam, myself have limed a bush for her and placed a choir of such enticing birds that she will like to listen to the lays and never mount to trouble you again. So, let her rest. And, madam, Listen to me, for I am bold to counsel you in this. Although we fancy not the Cardinal, yet must we join with him and with the Lords till we have brought Duke Humphrey in disgrace. Then one by one, we'll weed them all at last, and you yourself shall steer the happy helm. York hath ill-demeaned himself in France, then let him be denied the regentship. If Suffolk be unworthy of the place, let York be regent. I will yield to him. Whether your grace be worthy, yea or no, dispute not that York is the worthier. Ambitious, Warwick, let thy betters speak. The cardinal's not my better in the field. All in this presence are thy betters, Warwick. Warwick may live to be the best of all. Show some reason, Somerset. Why Suffolk should be preferred in this? Because the king, forsooth, would have it so. Madam, the king is old enough himself to give his censure. These are no women's matters. If he be old enough, what needs your grace to be protector of his excellence? Madam, I am protector of the realm, and at his pleasure will resign my place. Resign it, then. And leave thine insolence. Since thou wert king, 
And who is king but thou, the Commonwealth hath daily run to rack? The Dauphin hath prevailed beyond the seas, and all the peers and nobles of the realm have been as bondsmen to thy sovereignty. The commons hast thou racked, the clergy's bags are lank and lean with thy extortion. Thy sumptuous buildings and thy wife's attire have cost a mass of public treasury. The sale of offices and towns in France, if they were known, and the suspect is great, would make thee quickly hop without thy head. Enough! The king knows what he knows. Give me my fan. What minion? Can ye not? Quiet was against her will. Against her will? Good king, look to it in time. She shall not strike Dame Eleanor unrevenged. Point, my lord, your falcon made. And what a pitch you flew above the rest? A marvel, and it like your majesty, my lord, protectors hawks do tower so well. They know their master loves to be aloft and bears his thoughts above a falcon's pitch. My lord, tis but a base ignoble mind that mounts no higher than a bird can soar. I thought as much you would be above the clouds. Why, Somerset, England knows thine insolence. And thy ambition, Gloucester. I prithee peace, good queen, and wet not on these furious peers. For blessed are the peacemakers on earth. <laughs> the winds grow high, and so do your stomachs, lords. I pray, let me compound this strife. What tidings with our holy uncle? Such as my heart doth tremble to unfold. Lady Eleanor, the protector's wife, hath practised dangerously against your state, raising up wicked spirits from underground, demanding of King Henry's life and death and other of your highness privy council. As more at large, your grace shall understand. So, my Lord Protector, by this means your lady is forthcoming yet at London. This news, I think, hath turned your weapon's edge. Ambitious Lord, leave to afflict my heart. Sorrow and grief have vanquished all my powers, and vanquished as I am, I yield to thee. 
Oh, God. What mischiefs work the wicked ones, heaping confusion on their own heads thereby. Gloucester, see here the tincture of thy nest, and look thyself be faultless. Thou wert best. Madam, for myself to heaven I do appeal how I have loved my king and commonweal. And for my wife I know not how it stands. Sorry I am to hear what I have heard. Noble she is, but if she have forgot honor and virtue and conversed with such, I banish her my bed and company. And give her as a prey to law and shame that hath dishonored Gloucester's honest name. Well, for this night we will repose us here. Tomorrow toward London back again to look into this business thoroughly. Stand forth, Dame Eleanor Cobham. In sight of God and us, your guilt is great. Receive the sentence of the law for sin, such as by God's book are adjudged to death. You, madam, for you are so nobly born, shall, after three days open penance done, live in your country here in banishment, with Sir John Gladsdale in the Isle of Man. Welcome is my banishment. Welcome is my death. Eleanor, the law thou seest hath judged thee. I cannot justify whom the law condemns. My eyes are full of tears. My heart of grief. O Humphrey, this dishonor in thine age will bring thy head with sorrow to the ground. I do beseech your majesty. Give me leave to go. Sorrow would solace, and mine age would ease. Stay! Humphrey, Duke of Gloucester, ere thou go, give up thy staff. 
Henry will to himself protector be, and God shall be my guide. But go in peace, Humphrey, no less beloved than when thou wert protector to thy king. I see no reason why a king of years should be protected like a child. God and King Henry govern England's realm. Give up your staff, sir, and the king his realm. My staff. Here, noble Henry, is my staff. As willingly do I the same resign as ere thy father, Henry, made it mine. And even as willingly, at thy feet, I leave it. As others would ambitiously receive it. Farewell, good king. When I am dead and gone, may honorable peace attend thy throne. and that I pray you, use her well. S sometime I'll say, I am Duke Humphrey's wife and he a prince and ruler of the land. Yet so he ruled and such a prince he was as he stood by whilst I. His forlorn duchess was made a wonder and a pointing stock. For Somerset and York and that false priest of all lying bushes to betray thy wings and fly thou how thou canst. 
They'll tangle me. Gentle now. <laughs> now, Hamist all arrive. I must offend before I be attentive. And had I twenty times so many foes, all these could not procure me any scathe, so long as I am loyal, true, and crimeless. Thy greatest help is quiet, gentle now. I pray thee, sort thy heart to patience. These few days' wonder will be quickly worn. summoned to a meeting at the palace a meeting now and my consent never asked herein before this is close dealing well I will be there my heart assures me that the Earl of Warwick shall one day make the Duke of York a king. And my friend, this I do assure myself, that Richard shall live to one day make the Earl of Warwick the greatest man in England but the king. Muse, my lord of Gloucester, is not here. Tis not his wont to be the hindmost man. Can you not see? Or will ye not observe the strangeness of his altered countenance? With what a majesty he bears himself. How insolent of late he has become. How proud, how peremptory and unlike himself. We know the time since he was mild and affable and all the court admired him for submission. But meet him now, be it in the morn when everyone will give the time of day, he knits his brow and shows an angry eye, disdaining duty that to us belongs. Humphrey is no little man in England, and should you fall, he as the next will mount. Meseemeth then it is no policy respecting what a rancorous mind he bears that he should come about your royal person or be admitted to your highness council. The reverent care I bear unto my lord made me collect his dangers in the duke. My lord, the Somerset and Winchester, reprove my allegation if you can or else conclude my words effectual. Well, hath your highness seen into this duke? And had I first been put to speak my mind, I think I should have told your grace's tale. Mm. The Duchess, by his subornation upon my life, began her devilish practices. Smooth runs the water where the brook is deep. The fox barks not when he would steal the lamb. No, my sovereign, Gloucester is a man unsounded yet and full of deep deceit. Our 
kinsman Gloucester is as innocent from meaning treason to our royal person as is the sucking lamb or harmless dove. The Duke is virtuous, mild, and too well given to dream on evil or to work my downfall. Seems he a dove? His feathers are but borrowed. For he's disposed as the hateful raven. Is he a lamb? His skin is surely lent him. For he's inclined as is the ravenous wolf. Take heed, my lord. The welfare of us all hangs on the cutting short that fraudful man! All health unto my gracious sovereign. Welcome, Sir William. What news from France? That Charles the Dauphin breaks his forsworn oath and raises his flag over every old town. He is proclaimed king by every mouth, and all your interest in those territories is utterly bereft you. All is lost. Cold news, my lord, from France. But God's will be done. All happiness unto my lord the king. Pardon, my liege, that I have stayed so long. Nay, Gloucester, know that thou art come too soon. I do arrest thee of high treason here. <laughs> well, Somerset, thou shalt not see me blush, nor change my countenance for this arrest. The purest spring is not so free from mud as I am clear from treason to my sovereign. Who can accuse me? Wherein am I guilty? Tis thought, my lord, that you took bribes of France, and being protector, stayed the soldier's pay, by means whereof his highness hath lost France. Is it but thought so? What are they that think it? I never robbed the soldiers of their pay. So help me God, as I have watched the night, I, night by night, in studying good for England. No, many a pound of mine own proper store, because I would not tax the needy commons, have I dispersed to the garrisons and never asked for restitution. It serves you well, my lord, to say so much. I say no more than truth, so help me God. In your protectorship, you did devise strange tortures for offenders never heard of, that England was defamed by tyranny. Why, tis well known that whilst I was protector, pity was all the fault that was in me, for I should melt at an offender's tears. My lord, these faults are easy quickly answered, but mightier crimes are laid unto your charge, whereof you cannot easily purge yourself. I do arrest you in his highness' name. Your Majesty! And here commit you to my Lord Cardinal to keep until your further time of trial. Your Majesty! Oh, Uncle Gloucester, tis my special hope that you will clear yourself from all suspect. My conscience tells me he is innocent. Ah, oh, gracious Lord, these days are dangerous. Virtue is choked with foul ambition. I know their complot is to have my life. And if my death might make this island happy and prove the period of their tyranny, I would expend it with all willingness. But mine is made the prologue to their play. 
For thousands more that yet suspect no peril will not conclude their plotted tragedy. Somerset's red eyes blab his heart's malice. Thou, Winchester, that reaches at the moon, whose overweening arm I have plucked back, by false accused, does level at my life. And you, my sovereign lady, with the rest, causeless, have laid disgraces on my head, and with your best endeavor have stirred up my beloved liege to be mine enemy. I, all you, have laid your heads together, and all to make away my blameless life. I shall not want false witness to condemn me, nor stores of treasons to augment my guilt. The ancient proverb will be well affected. A staff is quickly found to beat a dog. Mullish, his railing is intolerable. He'll rest the sense and hold us here all day. Cardinal, he's your prisoner. Take away the duke. Ah, as King Henry throws away his crutch, before his legs be firm to bear his body. Thus is the shepherd beaten from thy side, and wolves are gnarling, who will gnaw thee first. Ah, oh, that my fear were false. Ah, oh, that it were. For good King Henry, thy decay I fear! Your Majesty needs a look this bill. My lords, what to your wisdom seemeth best to do or undo as if ourself were here? What? Will your highness leave? Aye, Margaret. My heart is drowned with grief. slaughterhouse. Even so remorseless have they borne him hence. His fortunes I will weep. And twixt each groan say, Who's a traitor? Gloucester he is none. Henry, my lord, is cold in great affairs, too full of foolish pity, and Gloucester's show beguiles him. This Gloucester should be quickly rid the world to rid us of the fear we have of him. That he should die is worthy policy. But yet we want a color for his death. Tis meet he be condemned by course of law. But in my mind, that were a policy. The king will labor still to save his life. The commons happily rise to save his life, and yet we have a trivial argument. 
all the mistrust that shows him worthy death. So that by this, you would not have him die. Would not a fool alone appoint a fox to guard a chicken from a hungry kite? So the chicken should be sure of death. Madam, it is true. Let Gloucester die, and that he is a fox. By nature, proved an enemy to the flock before his chaps be stained with crimson blood. Let us not stand debating how to slay him, be it by gins, by snares, by subtlety, sleeping or waking, does no matter how. So he be dead. Thrice, noble Somerset, tis bravely spoke. Not bravely yet. Say but the word, my lords. I'll be his priest. Here is my hand. The deed is worthy doing. And so say I. And I. And now we three have spoken. It skills not greatly who impugns our doom. Farewell, my lords.
answers if you dispatch this thing. Aye, my good lord. It is done. Well, that's well said. Clark, get your hands away. I will reward you for this venturous deed. Have you laid fair the body? Are all things well, according as I gave directions? It is, my good lord. Away, be gone. Go call our uncle to our presence straight. Say we intend to try his grace today. I'll call him presently, my noble lord. My lords, prepare the trial. And I pray you proceed no straighter against our uncle Gloucester than from true evidence of good esteem he be approved in practice culpable. God forbid any malice should prevail, that faultless may condemn a nobleman. Pray God he may acquit him of suspicion. I thank thee, Meg. These words content me much. How now? Why looks thou pale? Why tremblest thou? Where is our uncle? Dead, my lord. Gloucester is dead. God's secret judgment. My lord. Oh, Henry, stop thine eyes. How fares my gracious lord? Comfort, my sovereign. Gracious Henry, comfort. What? Doth my lord Somerset comfort me? Lay not thy hands on me, for bear I say! Thou baleful messenger out of my sight. Good Warwick. Come with me into his chamber to view his breathless corpse.
as surely as my soul intends to live. I do believe that violent hands were laid upon the life of this thrice-famed duke. Why, Warwick, who would do the duke to death? Myself had him in protection, charged his safety with Somerset and Suffolk. And we, I hope, sir, are no murderers. But all of you are vowed Duke Humphrey's foes, and tis well seen he found an enemy. Are you the butcher Somerset? <laughs> Where's your knife? I wear no knife to slaughter sleeping men, but here's a vengeful sword, rusted with ease that shall be scoured in his rancorous heart that slanders me with murder's crimson badge. Thou warrant, madam! With reverence, may I say, for every word you speak in his behalf is slander to your royal dignity. Blunt-witted lord, ignoble in demeanor, my mother took unto her blameful bed some stern, untutored churl, and noble stock was grafted with crabtree slip, whose fruit thou Exeter! Why, how now, lords, your wrathful weapons drawn here in our presence? Dare you be so bold? Why? What tumultuous clamor have we here? Traitorous York set all upon us, mighty sovereign. If Somerset and Suffolk be not done to death or banished fair England's territories, the people will by violence tear them from you. I say, by them the good Duke Humphrey died. I say, in them I fear your highness' death. I thank thee, York, for thy tender loving care. For sure, my thoughts do hourly prophesy mischance unto my state by these lords. And therefore, by his majesty, I swear they shall not breathe infection in this air but three days longer, on the pain of death. Henry, let me plead for gentle summer. Ungentle queen that calls him gentle. No more, I say. If thou dost plead for them, that will but add increase unto my wrath. If. After three days' space, thou tourist be found on any ground that I am ruler of. The world shall not be ransomed for thy life. Wise king. Banished are you both. I will repeal thee, or be well assured, adventure to be banished myself. Suffolk and Somerset remain at liberty and live thee here in peace. Suffolk at liberty. Somerset a free man and Gloucester's bloody trunk accusing there. False king! That head of thine doth not become a crown. That gold should round and girt these brows of mine. Here is a hand to hold a scepter up. I am far better born than is the king. More like a king, 
More kingly in my thoughts. Give place! Enough, York! I cannot in silence stand to watch thee thus abuse his majesty. We are thy sovereign, Exeter. Kneel to us. This is my king, York. I do not mistake. But that mistakes me much to think I do. Hold him here at the tower and chop away that factious pate of his. He is a traitor! Why? Warwick, hath thy knee forgot to bow? I have considered with myself the title of this most renowned duke, and in my conscience do repute his grace the rightful heir to England's royal seat. Hast thou not sworn allegiance unto me? I have. Canst thou dispense with heaven for such an act? It is great sin to swear unto a sin, but greater sin to keep a sinful oath. Call forth our troops and bid them arm themselves. Away, my lord, and let us prepare. We go, but we'll return to wear our crown. I will stir up in England some black storm shall blow 10,000 souls to heaven or hell. Thank you for listening to this episode of All Things Plantagenet. Remember, we also have a website, www.allthingsplantagenet.com, where you can find additional information and resources, as well as the other episodes. Thank you for listening, and have a great day.